In today's episode, we talk about virtual reality, specifically Beat Saber and a couple other games. We also talk about Fallout 76 new patch path. We're bringing it on when we're going into the military. We're going to sign up for the draft. And China has a social credit score that could be scary. I'm Jason. I'm Mitch. And I'm Tim. Let's go. I got a vibe last Thursday, and I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I'm so jealous. I want a vibe so bad. Where are you playing? Well, first I got Beat Saber, which was badass. And I've been playing it, I don't know, I think I'm up to 10 hours since Thursday. So I play it like an hour every day or more. Um, And then... So Mitch doesn't have a Vive, but the next game we played, uh, it don't doesn't require you to have one. So him and I playing VR chat, <laughs> and we found these horse head avatars, <laughs> and he was a his didn't ha- he was a horse head that was just wearing like a buff horse with just wearing underwear, and I apparently was like a girl wearing like a like a, uh, I don't know like a running jumper. And then I was live streaming it, and Tim like walked in while we're in a, a nightclub. <laughs> so that was fun. What was your impressions of that, Tim? Well, all I saw was Mitch with a horse head, and so that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was great, man. I just wanted to dance. Just wanted to dance. Well, I thought it was what was interesting. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of interested in like how immersive it felt because what I was seeing on screen, it seemed really jerky to me from my perspective. But I know like when you're in VR, it like I've I've had two experiences with VR. One experience is that I feel like everything seems like really out of place and like it's not tracking my head movement as much as I want. So I feel really I, I feel like almost sick. And I've had other experiences with VR where I'm like, wow, this feels really immersive. So I'm curious which one you felt with the vibe. Uh, Beat Saber, I probably wouldn't say is an immersive experience, but it, it does draw you into the point where the the better you get. Like, I'm, a, I'm an expert on several songs. I've, I've improved greatly over four days. Um, but I used to drum in high school. So that there's a, if you are a natural drummer or, this, or a beats, you're going to be really good at Beat Saber. It's just, hands down um but in terms of immersion uh i think there's some controls on vr chat they need to figure out but i won't be immersed in that game because there's too many trolls like <laughs> tim and, or uh, mitch and i went to a room and some people were in a fake car running around shouting out expletives over and over again that's gonna take you out real quick but i did buy skyrim vr and after some tweaking um that game i started to get pretty immersed in uh, I did have to mess with it a lot, though, because out of the box, it made me kind of nauseous. Um, I, I had to change the super sampling. I had to change the dynamic resolution. Um, I had to change the controls. So instead of doing the teleport, because uh, that was messing me up pretty bad, I went with general movement where I get to control the movement, but I changed it from wand movement. So like, what would happen is if I went forward, it would track my wand, and that would still give me kind of motion sickness. So I changed it to head movement. 
And when I changed it to head movement, it was a way better experience. Uh, and now I play like a couple hours a day, maybe if I have time. And I played the shit out of Skyrim, but it's just kind of fun to like, I, I think range combat probably is the best in that game. Like melee just feels kind of clunky. Um, but like shooting a bow or throwing magic at people works really well. Pretty fun. Did you ever play uh, Skyrim on the Xbox when it first came out? I played it in the PS3. PS3 did, but the PS3 didn't have uh, like the the whatever the PS3's alternative to the Connect was at the time, right? Or did it? Did you or did you? Well, have they that? had a PlayStation Move, but I don't think it had any kind of uh, compatibility with it. Why? Well, I'm just remembering when Skyrim came out, um, and when it first came out and you had an Xbox with a Kinect on it, the Kinect has the microphone built into it, right? And so when you're sitting there playing Skyrim, you can yell out at the at your screen. You could be like, Fujiro Da, and it would like do the... No, won it. It would. That's sweet. And, uh, well, and uh, it was great to be a troll because you could walk into a room and you could yell it, and the character would like do the move, which used your energy or whatever, or like started a fight when you were trying to sneak. Or like if your buddy was playing it, you could just walk into the room and yell quick save and it would save. That's but funny. Uh, I'm just I'm just picturing playing Skyrim in VR, getting immersed in it. It needs that that audible uh, immersion too, right? Like I want to bring back the the voice commands to Skyrim. I feel like that'd go well. You know, because um, they because Skyrim VR and Fallout Four VR were ports. And Doom VR reports to whatever platform. I think all the platforms like it works on. I think I think they work on all three: PlayStation, uh, VR, uh, Vive, and Oculus. Um, I I bet you with the next Elder Scrolls, they'll have stuff like that built in with VR in mind. Instead of having to buy separate platforms, I bet you they'll just do it all in one. Maybe. Maybe not. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it'd be interesting if they build a game like that with the intention of it being put into VR instead of just being ported over to VR. Well, but I think that I, might take a little, a lot of work to do that though, too. Yeah. I was on our games the other day and I, there, I, I wish I had the article. So it disappeared on me, but apparently uh, patents for PS five have already been leaked and it looks like VR is still going to be a big part of their initiative. So like, for example, this is really annoying. I didn't know this. Uh, the other game I want to check out for VR was Resident Evil 7. Well, apparently, it's exclusive to PlayStation VR. That's They haven't ported it to anything else. So I almost went and bought it on Steam, and I would have been pissed off because it would have been the regular game. I'm like, oh, man, I want to play with fucking the headset, and I want to be all into the game and all scurred because I like that. But, yeah, so they are, according to these leaked patents, they're still going to be pouring some money in, into PlayStation VR. Apparently, it's been working for him. Yeah, man, I, I think it brings uh, VR to like the the console generation, right? Like uh, Xbox doesn't have it, uh, nope. and I don't know. If, I don't think that they're planning on it at all. I know that um, Microsoft is like just recently announced their Hololens two project, but I think that's more. Um, like augmented reality, isn't it? Yeah, and I and it's more. They changed it from at least with the first version, I don't know about the second one, but they changed it from being like a consumer product to more of a business and government style product. Um, but there isn't really like the two, the two major VR platforms are 
PlayStation and PC. Um, and I think it is selling really well. I'm, I'm kind of curious to know how it differs, right? I want to, I want to play Beat Saber on the PlayStation VR, and then I want to play Beat Saber using the Vive, and I want to see how different they are. I think, I think the Vive probably has superior tracking because you have to mount the things on the goddamn wall. But that's true. And, and also, I can turn away from my computer. I believe the PlayStation VR uses the Move controllers, which means you have to be facing that camera. For that's those to true. Pick up. So like you got like that's so you got you're like the the cords would be so annoying to me unless you maneuvered them right there because I can throw the cords behind me face towards my couch with my computer behind me and I never really run into them. Well, there are no cord. Well, the only thing that has a cord for the PlayStation one is the it's, headset. Yeah, the headset. The controllers are wireless. Yeah, stupid move controllers. I used to have a couple of those, right, with the little glowing balls at the end and everything i got them for kill zone 3 because because i remember playing shooters on the wii like the metroid prime games and they felt really good on that on the motion controls they just did it felt like having a pseudo keyboard or mouse on a console so i got it i got them for kill zone 3 and it kind of worked but it didn't <laughs> so um i i like vr i'm excited about it uh i play i play beat saber every day been playing Skyrim. I, I probably won't pick up Fallout 4 VR. I don't know. Maybe it depends if I if it's on sale or something. Um, but uh, I think a friend of ours recommended like Duck Season, which is like a a semi like Five Nights at Freddy style horror game with the dog from Duck Hunt and uh, a couple other ones. Oh, another cool thing too is uh, I I discovered this last night. Apparently, you can host rooms in the Steam VR room and or join other people's rooms. It was joining people, random people's rooms, and they had items they could pick up, like bows and stuff, and you could play with them in the rooms while people talk trash to you, obviously. But it's a thing. Wait, what? Is that a game, or is that just like a that's just like a this, lobby? That's just a Steam VR lobby. You can just join other people's rooms that they make public. And they oh, can, so it's like it's well, like yeah. VR chat without having to install VR chat. Yeah, but it also has like items from like Gary's mod in it too. Like it has the um, it has the um, a couple guns from Half Life that he this guy had. I don't know if he made it himself or added it. I don't know how that works, but it's cool. That's kind of cool. Like this one guy that's a can of spray paint, and I was spray painting on walls, making stuff. That there's a actually a um, a VR app about making art that I want to pick uh, check out. I can't remember the name of it, but apparently it's pretty cool. I should just Google that and see what it says. I was I was actually just about to say that I was I remember seeing something uh, a couple of years ago when VR was like just coming out. There was like an uh, some kind of game where it's a spray painting game, right? And you can like basically draw and spray paint um, and choose like your palettes and there are different kind of spray cans and and that kind of stuff, right? Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, I think it's called Tilt Brush. I think I found it. Oh man, this is by Google. I don't know if this is it, but yeah, but yeah, Tilt is it Tilt Brush? It's all these videos on it. There's VR art. I don't know. Yeah. So for the for the initial setup of the Vive, how difficult was the? You said you had to mount stuff to the wall. Yeah. So I had to go to Home Depot and get a new uh, screwdriver drill thing, and then I I drilled them into the wall, and they have to be six six and a half feet above you. So I had to measure them on the wall, and then they have to be diagonal to each other across the wall and they can't be any further than 16 feet. So I, I measured that throughout the room and then I put them diagonal to each other across the room. So one's right above my head right now on my computer and then across the room all the way it's above my uh, 
my uh, inversion table because <laughs> I like to hang upside down like Batman. And uh, I did that, and then you just uh, you hook it up to the the computer, um, and you run the uh, Steam VR software, and it does everything for you. Calibrates everything. Pretty cool. Pretty easy. That's pretty cool. Is there is are there different um, like so you only have two sensors? Is there something to get getting more sensors? Like you can if you buy have... you can buy two more. It only tracks up to four, I believe. Okay. Is there like a big benefit for buying no. two more? No, not really. I looked it up. It's not. There isn't any game out right now that uses that capability beyond the two. Gotcha. So there won't be any reason to until software, as far as I understand, catches up to it. You're basically just being elitist at that point. <laughs> and each one, each mount also requires to be plugged in the wall. So you know you'd have to keep that in mind if you if you got two more. Make sure your room is set up to have that ability. So. so I'm Googling VR games just to see if there's anything worth mentioning coming out. Uh, and I just came across a trailer that is saying Gearbox is releasing Borderlands 2 VR. Oh, my year. God. What? Uh, yep. I don't th- I don't see a specific date on this. But this might. Make me like pull the trigger on that. Wait, Borderlands 2 VR and PS4. This is a pre-order. So that's the other thing I'm seeing is that there are a lot of a lot of games that are coming out for uh, the PlayStation VR, which well, kind of sucks. Well, it does suck, but it also backs up what I was talking about. That patent leak. Is this out right now? I can buy this game. Borderlands 2 VR. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Released December 14th, 2018. It just came out. 50 bucks. Can, no. Can you buy it on Steam? Gearbox said it will be launched okay. as a PSVR exclusive, likely hinted to a limited exclusive. So if you go back a couple episodes and talk about loot shooters and how much I don't like them, well, I actually really like Borderlands 2. It's the only one I really like. See, and here's the problem. This is this is where we're getting that issue of uh, games, man, and they're only coming out well, on certain systems. Like there's only two VR platforms, right? There's PlayStation and then there's yeah, with Oculus there's PC. The Google Google has a, a like a dumbed down headset and then the Vive. Yeah. And so now there's these like Borderlands 2. Well, did Borderlands 2 ever I it's out on the PC, but was it ported afterwards after what the fact? Mean? I don't think it released on oh, yeah, PC it when did. it released, right? Or did it Mm-hmm. Oh, it released at the same time as the Xbox yep. version and everything? Okay. Came out at the same mind. time, um, and then they re-released it for PS4 with the Handsome Collection because it was a PS3 game first. That's right. Okay. PS3, Xbox uh, 360. Um, yeah. Oh, Gearbox. I honestly don't like them as a company, but I would buy this game and play in VR. Gonna, later, I'm going to look at videos, see how it looks like. But uh, uh yeah, PlayStation got that app. Uh, Resident Evil 7 exclusive and this fucking Borderlands 2 exclusive. I would totally play the shit out of that. That's what I'm saying, man. I definitely want to see gameplay, though. I seem, My head isn't wrapped around it yet. I don't know how it would work. But I'd like to see it. You know what I'm saying? It's funny because I still get... Uh, I, I have Gearbox as uh, like a channel I follow on Facebook. And so every once in a while, I still get the messages from them with the... Uh, the golden keys yeah. to unlock the boxes. Yep, 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 yep. It's awesome. 
See, I never played the original Borderlands. I've played both. Um, Borderlands 2 is a superior game. I've also played the pre-sequel, and it's a piece of trash. So there's that for you. It's 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 the two is the gold standards for loot shooters in my opinion. Yes, I agree with um, that. It's why I can't get a Destiny. I don't know what it is about. Maybe it's because it's like Destiny tries to take itself too seriously, and it kind of irritates me. I don't know why it just does. It's like I'm evil. Take over, traveler. You don't got any powers, bitch. Like <laughs> I would like that a lot better than uh, it being so serious. I don't know. Just it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe I've been maybe because Borderlands Two was so funny, and it was like the first of its genre almost. Uh, like asking why so serious? Yeah, why are you so serious? You know. Then here we got Anthem sucking it up, and oh, would it be cool too? Nobody wants to play it because it sucks. So, good stuff for looter shooters. Speaking of looter shooters, did you hear Fallout seventy six has got an update coming? A couple of them. Uh, I did, and. At first, I was like, oh, another update, nah, whatever. And then I started looking into it because um, it's it's actually a, they released like the roadmap for 2019. Uh, and I'm actually kind of excited for it. I think there's a lot of good changes out that could make this into a good game. It'll be interesting to know if it could come back. Yeah. Um, one thing, the one, I think it was like March 26th or something around the area. They're, the one thing that I wanted from the get-go is apparently they're announcing a, or not announcing, releasing a survival mode that's going to have normal ass pvp so like you know how one of the things that frustrated us about the game is like we'd be in a group of like three or four and we want to fight people but we can't because they want to return fire and you did such little damage that nothing happened yeah that's good that should be fixed hopefully well it's going to be its own mode which is which is great so i wonder i wonder how that mode will be will work like do you have to make a new character to take into that mode or can you take your existing character and then just load into that mode? Well, so here's, here's how I got an excerpt for you. It says, here's how it will work when it does arrive. When you log into play fault 76, you'll be given a choice between adventure mode, the original game or the survival mode beta. Oh, that's, that's interesting. The same quests, events and story that you're used to in adventure mode will all remain available in survival. But you'll have to navigate them under the ever-looming threat of hostile dwellers who may be hiding just around the corner. I wonder if that means they'll be removed from the map. Because that if, if you're going to have a PvP mode, I don't want to be able to see people on the map. That's dumb. Yeah, I agree. I should only see my party members. And it does say you can use an existing character for survival mode or create a new one. If you If you use an existing character, your progress will carry over between the two modes. This means that if you fire off all your ammo, level up, complete a quest, spend caps, or find a fancy weapon in survival, this will also be reflected on that character in Adventure. That kind of sucks, because we stopped playing a while ago, and now there's players that are geared to the fucking teeth. Yep. I don't know if I like that. Yeah, on like on the one hand, it's kind of nice, because then you could go, like you yourself can hop back and forth between the two modes, Right, go into adventure mode, stock up on ammo, etc., health, whatever, and then hop over into the PvP mode, survival mode, and like wreck people. But I agree, like right now, because we've stopped playing for so long, we're going to be so far behind. But then again, like I don't, I think a lot of people have stopped playing this game for, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's a few that are still playing it, 
but uh the for the most part the only thing know. that doesn't really matter is they'll outgear you but in terms of health um in other fallout games when you level up every time you still got a base health modifier based on your endurance uh in Fallout 76 from what i remember that doesn't happen every level it only your endurance only or your health only goes up when you raise your endurance stat so that will be static so i don't know if that and they apparently had some back when we played. I'm pretty sure they had some sort of PvP scaling, too. Remember that? Kind of. I don't remember how it worked, but I like I remember them making it so that people that like when you would you wouldn't just get wrecked by people um, that were trying to fight you. Uh, check this out. So it, like, it says in survival mode, all other players except teammates or public event partners are flagged as hostile. So PvP will not require the low damage invitation shot to in- instigate a fight. You can attack other players without restriction from the first shot you line up, meaning every encounter you have with a stranger could turn deadly in a blink of an eye. The level scaling system for the main game will remain, which gives low-level players a helping hand in fighting higher-level characters. Okay, that's not that bad. So that's good. Okay. And But they say, what happens when you die in PvP combat hasn't been completely decided. And the post says the systems and rules will be experimented with after the survival mode is released in beta. Currently, players who die in survival mode will be unable to use the seek revenge respawn option against their aggressors. That would be really annoying and can only choose to respawn at their camp or vault 76. Okay, that's cool. One of the no- one of the most annoying things I remember was when we'd kill somebody and they kept respawning on top of us. And they just kept coming back, kept coming back. I mean, we would kill them every time, but it was still annoying when you're just trying to do the game. It's like, listen, man, I already oh, killed you. Go away. We're also planning to award you double the caps when you kill another player, and they may drop their aid items on top of their junk. Ooh. And survival mode will have a leaderboard. We think, Tim, we can play Fallout 76 again? We can play Fallout 76 again. So now we'll know who to kill because it'll be a leaderboard? Yeah, let's go after that fucker. <laughs> Apex style. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, though, man. Like, they have a lot of stuff planned, so they have that entire new mode, which is which is great. I think that adds a lot of good content to the game which is what they wanted right like they wanted player-based content and you just couldn't you couldn't really get that with the the existing pvp mode that they had so that's really good um but then on top of that they are adding a couple of uh a couple different raids in the summertime um a couple of vaults are opening vault vault 96 and 94 and so those are supposed to be like high level group uh raids to go in and like trash around and and test your skills type of thing um there's like a legendary player system which allows you to become legendary i don't know what that means but uh what does it mean to be that's kind of cool i mean it could be a super saiyan i don't know it's it says yeah you reset their characters with all more all new more powerful abilities it's a prestige system. So once you hit 50, then you get better okay. stuff, I guess. Better oh, abilities. Oh, is that how, like, remember when uh, Diablo 3 first announced the Paragon system and one of the things that you that you would get with Paragon was more magic find? Remember that? Yeah. Probably, yeah. And then it also says there's a new game mode coming in summer called Nuclear Winter, but it doesn't have any information on that. It, all it says is an entirely new way to play that changes the rules of the wasteland. It would be cool if they actually introduced, like, depending on how, I don't know what their capabilities to add the map is, but what if, like, it changed the weather and stuff? I don't know. That'd be cool. Yeah. 
it'll it i'm i'm really interested in this because i i will say when we played it when the game first came out and we were playing it we were playing it quite a bit and uh i don't know about you guys but i really enjoyed it but it it did get kind of boring pretty quickly um i the reason it got boring for me is because i wanted to be more hardcore <laughs> Right. Well, exactly. Like it was supposed to be the survival game, but like you could run around and the threat of getting killed by someone wasn't really there because all you had to do was not shoot back. Killing people sucked because they just had to not shoot back. Uh, you barely had to eat. You barely had to drink anything like it was. It was a very easy survival game. Yeah. Uh, so the, the threat wasn't really there. Right. Um, but I, I think if if they do it right, I think that they can make the game a lot better. But what will be interesting is it'll be interesting to see if they can pull a turnaround because they got a lot of bad press when this game came out. So much so that uh, just recently, some I don't remember who it was, uh, maybe The Verge or I don't know, some publication was doing an article because they found on Amazon's website, Bethesda put a uh, placeholder for a new game that all it was um, for like the video trailer was a countdown from 10 to one. And that was it. It was a, a game that they're selling. It's 60 bucks, but it doesn't have a title and it doesn't really have any information in the, um, in the video description. And, but people were kind of speculating that it's something fallout related just by the way that the video was made. And in the article where they're talking about it, they're saying, oh, you know, like, oh, it'll probably be something Fallout 76 related sigh, like as in no one, no one wants to play this game anymore type of thing. But who knows? Maybe it can pull a No Man's Sky and turn around. Yeah. Anthem will have to do the same thing, apparently. So this is uh, the games of the service model generation. So here we go. Start. Hey, Jason. Hi. Have you been drafted recently? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Signed well, up for good. a draft though when I was 18 though. Yeah, I had to as well. The What do they call it? Selective service? Yeah, selective service. It was scary. Yep. Turns out, you know who was also going to have to do that pretty soon? The ladies. The ladies. How do you feel about that? I mean, so what happened specifically was that a judge in Texas, I believe, uh, declared that having the selective service system be gender-specific is unconstitutional because the last time in 1981 that the draft was rendered, that it was upheld, was because only men at the time were able to serve in combat roles. So now that's not the case anymore. So the judge is like, well, then we should be able to draft women too. So what I find most interesting about this is that the reason that we're even talking about it is because there's there was a men's right group, men's rights group that brought this up. Yeah. The National Coalition for Men. Yeah. I don't know what the I don't know what anything about that coalition, but I assume they're just kind of a bunch of d-bags right okay i'm glad i'm not the only one that thought that <laughs> yeah i mean there it, it's obviously kind of like well i mean come on this is the whole thing and the article has a picture of a girl with um she's got a i don't know some kind of gun that she's shooting 
She's in a combat role. She's going to kill somebody. I mean, I don't know anything about the group, but I mean, one thing I kind of agree with is either make it equal or throw it out. Right. And honestly, like if you think about it, it doesn't actually make that much sense to have a selective service system right now. Like if they wanted to institute a draft, they could they could do it. But there hasn't been a draft for 70 years or well, 40 years. Yeah. Like maybe it's time to get rid of it. Like if people are mad about having women sign up, you know, whatever equality. But, you know, you if you don't sign up for the draft by the time you're 26, you can lose your right to vote, for example. Uh, yeah. And you can also lose access to like uh, student aid and student loans. That's really important. So. The group, I don't know anything about. They could be assholes, but that's one thing. A good point could be it's like, well, maybe maybe the inverse could happen. The conversation could be like, why do we need a selective service? Because a lot of people are are pretty outraged about this on the, on the internet. A lot of people. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see the like the statistics, right? Because I think the the selective service has, um, a you know a pretty good history. I would say in in the U.S. Um, of being used up until like the 1970s, right? Like 1970s was the last time that we used it, 1972. Yeah, Vietnam mm-hmm. War. But like before then, all the wars that we were in and the wars that we used the selective service is because our military wasn't what it is today, right? Like it, it wasn't, we didn't have this huge, uh, well, we didn't have this really huge military in the scale that we have today, or we just got into like a way bigger fight, I guess, uh, than what we thought. Maybe, I don't know. Like I, I, I have to do more history on that, but like, well, what I find, what I find interesting is I've seen like seven Ted talks, not exaggerating of like military commanders talking about how we're at a, we're going to have a problem in the future with recruitment. Not just because people, aren't physically up to the point anymore because we've become so sedentary as a society. So like you can draft those people. He summarized as you're too fat to do push-ups. There you go. I was just being, you know, nice. Don't be nice. But, but yeah, okay. We we can draft those people, I guess, but I don't think it's going to help them. And plus we're, we're pretty technological now, right? Like drones and, you know, solid snakes and be fighting proxy wars for the Patriots in the Middle East all the time, all through PMCs. So, well, and that's that's kind of the argument too, right? Like, as far as arguing for uh, why it doesn't matter if it's just men, like it it used to be that when you were going into war, like you had to be physically fit, you had to be. Uh, you know, you were running in, you were running in, you were hauling uh, a bunch of equipment on you. You had to have the endurance, the strength, all of that. But like a lot of the times, like we still have boots on the ground. Don't get me wrong. Um, but a lot of the different things that like a lot of different positions that we have in the military nowadays doesn't just have the, you know, boots on the ground aspect. It's It's the people flying the drones. It's the people that are doing all the different types of reconnaissance and everything like that, that are tracking like for the technology, right. Tracking via satellites, tracking via all the different other things that are government projects that we're not supposed to know about to where it's like, well, at the same time, if we ever get to a point where we're using selective service, it's probably because we need more boots on the ground. 
or even essential services too, like medics and stuff like that too, right? Like, yeah, engineers or you know, all kinds of stuff. But another, you know, I don't know. I've I personally never really liked the idea of the draft because I I always found it annoying that I had to sign up for it. But I get why it's there. But at the same time, like other countries have mandatory service, so we could have that, I guess. But I don't know if that works here. You know what I'm saying? Like what Israel and Korea have mandatory two year service or two or four year service? I don't remember what it is. It's two years. Two years, yeah. In uh in Greece they have uh mandatory service as well, which is actually what is preventing me from getting my dual citizenship. Um, because if I were I am eligible for dual dual citizenship, but if I were to go and get my dual citizenship, I would have to go into the military. For how long? Uh, I think it's just six. I think I'd only have to do six months. So it's it's really not bad. Oh, you should you should do it. It'd be it, great. It would be an interesting experience. I definitely agree. Uh, and like, and let's be real. Who's going to attack Greece right now? Come on. But six months, really? Yeah, it's just not six months. That's really surprising that they would even bother. Uh, I think it's it's six months for me because I like there's different there's different rules depending on where you live at. I think if you live there, it's a full year but I'm not a hundred percent sure it's been a while since I've looked into it. But at the same time, man, like, you know, this, the six month military stint, I, I don't necessarily think that it's a bad thing, right? Like if you talk about, we were just talking about how we're, we're in a state where now where, you know, there's that problem of like, people might not be physically fit enough to go into the military. Like, well, imagine if everybody after high school had to do six months in, uh, in training it's just like a calisthenics program well yeah right like it's it's you i think it i think it would be a good thing to to get everybody into a point where um not necessarily because you're wanting them to see combat but like to learn uh to learn respect right to learn all the type of integrity to get physically active right you're getting up off your ass every day and you're doing boot camp uh you're you're learning different skills on how to interact with people and like that we talk about the um the hierarchy of command like that's a real thing regardless of if you're in the military or not right like there's always the person that you're going to report to Oh, I've seen several TED Talks of generals actually advocating for um, mandatory service in the U.S. And I'm not sure where I stand on that. Um, I think it's one or the other, right? Selective service or mandatory service. I don't know. Or could you do both? I I don't know if I see the Pentagon giving up selective service. I think they'll they'll just be like, oh, you want to be equal? Here you go. You're equal. Um, I don't know if I don't know if you have to necessarily do both, right? Like, in fact, I would argue that having the mandatory service. Uh, actually helps out with the selective service. Uh, if anything, you could do six months to a year of mandatory service, right? And during that, say during that year period, you get the training, you get the, um, and you can potentially go into some kind of specialization to where when the, it, when or if a draft ever happens, if you were to get drafted, you they could potentially draft from different areas depending on what they need and depending on where you ended up specializing when you're in your one year mandatory. Mm, who knows, man? What do you what do you what do you predict will happen? You think it'll go to the Supreme Court and they'll have they'll have to level the the playing field a little bit? 
I mean, I I think if this ends up in front of the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court will hold that it's unconstitutional to have the split. And it goes either goes away or they change it. So what do you think happens? I think that they change it. I think that before it gets in front of the Supreme Court, I think that it would like it would make Congress actually act and just they cha- fundamentally change the way that selective service works so that we don't have to have we, they they probably just remove the they'd probably just remove the uh the requirement for both genders so i wonder when that would take effect cuz like cuz like you have to you register for selective service from the time you're 18 to the time you're 45 right Yep. And, and so obviously like there's going to be a ramp up time, right? So they could, it could go to the, it could go to start heading towards the Supreme court. And in the meantime, Congress is like, you know what, let's just change it. Uh, and so they'll be like, okay, but in 2025, 2025 will be the first year that uh, everyone, regardless of if you're male or female, you have to register. And so come 2025, you're going to have like all these, uh, all these people that aren't registered, all these women that aren't registered, having to go through and register from people that are freshly out of high school, 18-year-olds, like brand new, having to go through and do it to make sure that they qualify for student loans. And to, the ability to vote. And the ability to vote to 40-year-olds to make sure that they continue with their ability to vote and they don't get fined the, what is it, like $250,000. It'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. It's crazy. I need to look up the vote thing because I'm not exactly I, sure if that's accurate. Uh, if you don't register a draft before you're 26, I looked this up today because I knew we were talking about it. You can lose your right to student loans and all those other things and the right to vote. If you never registered, you can you can be denied federal student aid, job training, a federal job, or citizenship. Jesus. See, it's pretty pretty uh pretty crazy. <laughs> that's that's a little bit more than the right to vote. So get this. It's sort of it's sort of interesting. So the 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 voting thing applies to people who are like immigrants specifically. So the citizenship part it makes uh the United the US Citizenship and Immigration Service makes registration with Selective Service a condition of US citizenship if the man first arrived in the US before his 26th birthday. So if you if you were if you immigrated to the United States and now you're trying to become a naturalized citizen, if you didn't register for selective service, you will now be denied citizenship potentially. Damn. So it's serious business, right? Yeah, it's there's there's some real life con- real world consequences here, man. Like student financial aid is probably the biggest one. Citizenship for People who have immigrated here is a huge one. Federal job training, federal jobs, can't work for the post office. China is starting to get a little scary to me. It's always been scary to me, baby. The whole country of China. So it's a lot of people. And they've seemed to have done this thing where every single time someone makes a piece of media where they're like, oh my God, wouldn't it be terrible if this like dystopian future and people were people were living under the thumb of the government in some way uh 
wouldn't that be terrible? Like people, people make some kind of piece of media. I think the the Chinese government looks at stuff like that and they're just like, huh, you know, that's a good idea. The latest, the latest thing is this Chinese social credit system. Now it's been around for a couple years to be fair, but I feel like it started to escalate because now they, the latest is they denied about 14 million people plane tickets because they don't have enough social credit. 17 million people. Sorry. More people. You can't leave the country. That's scary. Yeah. And let's talk about what gets you, gets you losing your social credit points. You know, it could be things like drug use, like breaking the law could also be something as simple as you can lose some points or something as simple as walking your dog without a leash. That's freaking scary. It is very scary to walk your dog without a leash. Like what if a, what if another dog, you know, comes running up and that you don't know how that other dog is going to be. That dog could attack your dog. And if you don't have a leash on your dog, it's going to be a lot harder for you to like get your dog back and control your dog to keep the other dog away from it. I mean, that's true. But if you don't cut your grass in time, like, will the HOA, like, report you to the government? This fool them. Yeah. Well, mow his lawn. Don't let him leave the country. Yeah. And so, like, you know, like, in, in Arizona, if you walk, in most cities, if you walk your dog without a leash, like, you can get fined, right? Like, mm-hmm. the government can, the government does things like take your liberty away by fining you or potentially putting you in jail because you didn't pay the fines and it can escalate right but Mm -hmm. they're not gonna stop you from participating in other parts of society because you did this one thing in one aspect of your life pretty terrifying i think you you know i'd be interesting to know how they like how it works right because when when you when you bring up the social credit score and all these things like I can't help but think of the Black Mirror episode uh, Nosedive, which is the one where like they they had a social credit system <laughs> and everything was based off of your social star points. And that's how you like paid for things and were able to go and like get a job and everything like that. Right. You you had a social score. This, this is pretty similar to what we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm curious how how those things are enforced. Is it like right now in in Arizona land, if you were to walk your dog without a leash and you could get fined for it, but in order to get fined for it, someone has to either report you um, and then someone has to actually write you a ticket for it. Right. Like you, you someone can't like your neighbor can't just go outside and be like, oh, you're walking your dog without a leash. Here's a ticket. You're going to have to go pay the state. 250 bucks now or whatever it is, right? You have to get caught by someone and showing you did it in the act. So et cetera. the places yeah. that are, it's not, it's not countrywide, but it's being piloted in several places. And most use a app that uses facial recognition where you take the picture of the P or take a video of the person doing the thing and then uploads the app. Then the app uploads to the Chinese government and then they deal out the business. Okay. So that leads me to my second question then. Uh, what is the actual scoring system that says, you know, at what point is it that you can't board a train or a plane and leave the country type of thing, right? Because I, I can't imagine, and maybe it is this way because, again, we're talking about China, but 
I can't imagine that walking your dog without a leash for the first time is going to make it so that you can't now all of a sudden you can't, you know, get on a train to get to work. Well, sure. And I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that that is not the case that you just you can't like walk your dog without a leash once someone's like that guy's a fucking asshole. And then like all of a sudden you can't get on planes. I'm going to assume that that is not how it is. I'm going to assume that it's like someone who is a pretty bad player in society is all of a sudden blacklisted, right? They're, they're an asshole. They have a lot of drug habits, something, right? So like, is that really that bad then? Like if we're talking about the garbage of garbage people, I think it is. So here's the key part. That is the problem. We're talking about due process, which is like, we take it for granted here. Like the whole thing that you just talked about where like in Arizona, you know, if I, if I walk a dog without a leash, then an officer will see that and they write me a ticket and I can go to court and I can dispute that. I have the presumption of it, of innocence when it comes to, when it comes to the law and I can say, no, I didn't walk my dog without a leash. Here's a picture of me walking my dog with a leash. You know, obviously, you know, if I was actually doing that, I would lose and I'd still have to pay the fee. But I have the ability to go and go up through the system and attempt to find my innocence. Whereas when we're talking about this other way of this social credit system that is putting this score behind people for actions that they take in society, we're kind of taking that due process part away, right? We're now not letting people, we're not giving people the benefit of the doubt. We're not giving them any presumption of innocence. We're just adding a, we're adding a thing. And now the onus is on the person to what, can they even go and dispute what their score is? Who knows? No, because there is no presumption of innocence. Like the way that you report this is by filming them doing the thing and uploading the video. So there is right. no there is no presumption of innocence. We have it on video of you doing the thing. Right. And that is the problem, right? Well, how is that the problem? It's it's the like, highest amount of government fucking power you can think of. And it isn't just like being banned from travel. For example, let's say you make some mistakes as a parent and you got kids. And your kids aren't old enough to be considered an adult. You can actually, your actions, whether they good or bad or crazy or whatever, that are against the Chinese government, can prevent your kids from getting into certain schools under this credit score that they want to launch by 2020. That's one other thing they can do. What they'd also like to do is eventually deny you goods and services like food, being able to eat. It's pretty bad, like very, very bad. Okay, okay. See, now those parts see, I don't that, agree you gotta with. Got to be careful when you when you defend stuff like that. We don't know the whole thing. I like, agree. Well, and and see, I and I agree, right? Like so punishing a kid for something that the parents did, I don't feel like that is something that you should do. Like that that doesn't make sense to me. Right? But I I'm we're talking about the the dog walking scenario here or the dog like let me let me think about it this way. And we'll obviously take China's as the extreme, as the extreme, right? Like they're everything that they do is the extreme of it all. Right. And so they're always going to take things to the next level. And that's, it's obviously not something that is good, but at the same time, I think that the premise that they're working on, like there's a little bit of merit in, in the, in maybe not their implementation, but in the system that they're, that they're kind of going for. Right. So 
say you are you live in a neighborhood and there's like the guy down the street he always walks his dog and he his dog always takes shit on your lawn every single time right and he doesn't pick it up he just leaves it there and he walks away well if you have that on video you could send it up now with the with our justice system you here yourself when you or you can handle it yourself and that's a, <laughs> you know a different problem right but like you depending on the person you could you could take a picture of him letting his dog shit on your yard or take a video of it and then with, with our with our process system you know you send it into the courts the courts say okay cool yeah he did that let's find him the you know 100 bucks or 250 bucks or whatever the cost is for letting your dog shit on someone's yard and not picking it up. And if the guy has the money for it, he's just be like, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to shit on your yard multiple times now. And I'm just going to like, you know, do it when you can't see when I'm not in view of your camera. But if you get, if you get the points and, and people are getting points of videos of him and all of a sudden deducting his points, I'm not saying, you know, make it so he can't get groceries, but like, there, I feel like there's merit to being to, I, to I that increase, right? I highly disagree with you. I would never want that implemented, implemented here because it would it would be a runaway train that would never stop. Oh, I, I would agree. I, I don't think that there's any good way. I don't think that there's any good way of implementing it, right? I think that the the episode of Black Mirror is exactly what would happen. Uh, and if you haven't seen that episode, it's really good, by the way. But everyone keeps telling me to watch that yeah if you don't if you don't watch any other episode just watch that one and uh there's all what's it called uh nosedive okay and there's another one that's really good on that same season called uh san san something black mirror san san junipero uh those are probably the best episodes of that season but anyway back Mm. to the topic i don't think there's a good way of implementing it um, I don't think that it would work. I don't think that, uh, I think that society as we know it, like we, we, we know what happens when, when people get access to the internet and anonymity and, you know, comment sections of, uh, YouTube and Reddit and all those different things. Like our society cannot handle this power. However, I'm not saying that it doesn't have a little bit of merit in it. Just it can't be put in our hands. Well, so the merit of a system that holds people accountable for the things that they do and then punishes them when they do bad things, is that what you're saying has merit? Yeah, but it's it's merit. You're you're holding people accountable, but it's not just the problem is that you need to have more than just, you know, police officers being able to hold people accountable for like the problem with, with our justice system and holding people accountable for things is that unless you get caught by a police officer, you're not getting caught and nothing's going to happen to you. Right? Like there's, there's always that you're go speeding on a road. There's a chance that, uh, you know, you're going to run by someone, a a cop doing radar and he's going to catch you. He's going to give you a ticket, but nine times out of 10, you could speed on the same road and you're not going to get caught because we don't have enough police officers to patrol every section of road 24 hours a day. You know what I mean? But sure. If you have the guy that is, you know, speeding on a road doing 80 through a school zone and someone's able to 
take a snippet of his uh, license plate and send it in and be like, yeah, this guy was speeding through his school zone. He speeds through here every day. Right now, what would happen is you call your um, you call your police district and they're going to send an officer out there. But if the guy sees the officer sitting there, then he's not going to speed through it. And then as soon as he sees the officer go away, then he'll start speeding through the school zone again. You know what I mean? There is not a good way to catch him. And what he's doing is he's putting children's children's lives in danger. This is where that social justice system makes sense, because at that point, you're able to say, yes, I have 50 people here taking a picture of this guy doing 50 through a 15 mile an hour zone during school hours when kids are trying to walk the street to go to school. And he needs to be stopped. He's a garbage person. He's putting kids lives in danger. Sure. But, so what is the so in that scenario, he's a garbage person. He's putting people's lives in, in danger. Like what is what is then the punishment that he should get for 50 people posting that he's a garbage person? License revoked. Something along those lines. I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm not a I'm not a jurisdiction person. Like I haven't so thought that he has far a, ahead. So he has his license revoked. He has 50 people said he's a garbage person. Gets now his code. license is revoked. So now let's take this thought exercise. This is, right. I think this is important. Is so now he has his license revoked. So how does this person get his license? Like how does he how does he fix that problem? He doesn't. His your license is gone. I'm not saying this has to happen on the first time, but we're talking about like 50 separate occasions where like if we're talking about this specific instance, right? And again, this is the this is the distinction between you can't just have one person say you did one thing and then all of a sudden, oh, that's it, gone. Right? You have multiple occurrences over multiple period of time showing that this is a repeated pattern of behavior. License gets revoked. Now, maybe the light maybe the license is revoked for certain period of time, right? You get your license revoked for six months. After six months, uh, he gets his license back and then he can start driving again. And then if he starts doing it again and he gets another 50 people to, to go through and submit reports, then we, you know, it goes up exponentially. Now, now your license is revoked for a year and then two years if you continue. So you're not saying that these 50 people have to like show up somewhere and actually like witness to to like a higher court system saying that this person is in fact speeding all the time right well no we we've determined that you do have to witness it because in in the instance of how china's reporting it they're reporting it via uh facial recognition facial recognition and apps and videos cctv cameras too apparently so you have video footage of him doing it so there is proof yeah, I think that in that case, like the problem you have there is that you are not allowing not allowing someone who's been accused of something like the other the other main the other fundamental right is being able to uh, is being able to confront your accuser. So like what if there was just 50 people who just fucking didn't like you and they take a video of take a video that's like doctored in some way that shows like you drive that already happens with Twitter, right? That kind of shit, that kind of shit can happen all the time. I just, I just think that like that kind of thought process, even, you know, even if it's not a perfect example, right? I think that just that kind of thought process in general, we're, 
where we're taking we're allowing like kind of like a mob mentality to take away the rights of an individual just because because of whatever and have it i think the key part that i have a problem with is it happening without any kind of process before the person's rights are taken away there doesn't so no there doesn't have to be you're confusing the you're you are confusing the people that are bringing up um being able to confront your accusers that does not have to be the people that take the video the confusers is the they're the the accusers is the state right you take the you take the video well no i'm saying in we're doing a thought exercise in this instance this is the this is the this is your accuser. You take the video. You witness someone doing a thing, right? You take a video of it. You upload it. The state then, because we're talking about Chinese government, then gets that video and they have to go through and process it and use the facial recognition to go through and figure out like who it was and everything like that, right? So they, the state goes through and says, uh, yes, facial recognition puts you in this car. This car is registered to you. We know you live in this area, and this is the route you take to work, et cetera. Um, so the state is now accusing you of doing whatever this this task is. And so you facing your accuser, your accuser is the state at this point. So you can still have that due process. Uh, you're just not standing, you're not uh, facing the person that took the video. You're facing the person that you're, you're the person that you're facing is the state, essentially. I mean, in that example, though, the person who took the video is the person who's accusing you, even though the state is the one who's processing it and then taking action on it. What if it's not a person that that took the video? What if we're talking about CCTV, right? Like, what if it is a, uh, what if it is a school security surveillance system that is taking the video and they notice it and they upload it? Or, you know, the, I don't know, something gets, something happens and a kid gets hit, and so the police officers go through and review the cameras, and they find this, and now they're going through and, and prosecuting, you, prosecuting you against it. Again, we're not talking about a, a system that's currently in place like this. We're talking about what could Well, happen. we've had systems like that that were in place, like, for example, with the traffic cameras that were ruled unconstitutional in Arizona mm-hmm. that wouldn't work. My problem is is back in the long time. This this stuff is not new. This is not even. This is beyond the Black Mirror episode. You know, when the, t- the first time I heard about a social credit system was was in two thousand and one. You want to know what I heard it on a conspiracy video, and it became a thing. And before that, if you remember this, uh, if you see something, say something that uh, Janet Napolitano used to do back uh, back when uh, um, she took over for whatever office, and that was more like spying your neighbor type stuff. My point is for I don't the thought exercise is why I will never even trust it because I don't trust people and you shouldn't trust people, especially when you are encouraging you to spy on your neighbor. And always you would be paranoid all the time, even if you aren't doing anything wrong and morality changes over time. The way things are right now, the things that we would consider not immoral will not will be immoral tomorrow. No, I agree. And and like I said, you know, like I don't again, I don't think this would work. I don't think that society as it is today would be able to handle that kind of power it would not work we we know the trolls on the internet i know that people would abuse it yeah like that's so i get where you're, i get where you're coming from it's just like to me it's hard for me to remove the human aspect out of it mm-hmm. i just i think it's going to be interesting because we're going to get into a, a a point right um where there are so many people in the world and 
it's 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 already hard to police the world right um and so you look at you look at the population you look at the population of the u.s which is like 310 million 309 million and you look at the population of china which is 1.3 billion people right so and those are 2010 numbers so you have four times as many people that live in china as they do in the united states and so as those numbers continue to grow right say 50 years from now when those numbers i don't know what the what the rate uh the growth rate is but it's i mean it i think it'll be a lot more than that in 50 years it's going to get harder and harder to uh police society and police you know your neighbor essentially and the the social credit system isn't the best way to do it i don't think that at all uh, i understand the thought behind it and i understand how and why like what merit it has um but like every time every time you think of uh like when I think of any type of movie that I see where it's we're talking about like a future state movie, right? Um, most most of society are like garbage and trash, and there's crime and ramp crime runs rampant, and like people are just garbage people and everything like that. And then there's like high society that lives all the way above that and everything like that, right? And so it's it's how do we prevent ourselves from getting to that point? Because I I really think that we're kind of heading there right as we i don't you know why hmm. because we're about to split off uh bezos announced today he wants to put one trillion people in space once we do that we won't be equal again we'll split again because that's human nature i mean that's true unless have earth versus mars or earth versus the colony of jupiter there you go see the thing is i guess where i come from it where i come from because you even you even talked about so you think that the social credit system wouldn't wouldn't work because people are assholes. <laughs> right. Yep. Exactly. So I, I don't I don't see that ever changing, I guess is my point. So fundamentally, this system only works if people are not assholes and people will always be assholes. Therefore, this system is not a good system. That's how I see it. I mean that it's not the system that's bad it's the reliance on it's the reliance on people so i mean sure but you always have to rely on people and we're forgetting we're forgetting who sets the rules the communist chinese government in this case sets the rules and the people are 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 expected to follow and people are in charge of the government right what not in china <laughs> take that out of it take the human equation out of it right like we're already getting to this point of of uh ai and machine learning and everything like that right so let's take the the uh go through another thought exercise of the person that speeds through a school zone right but now instead of living in the u.s we live in uh london where there are cctv everywhere so you have now CCTV cameras throughout your entire city and you have a guy that is doing, you know, 50 miles an hour in a 15 during school times. CCTV captures the guy doing it. And, uh, and with, you know, machine learning and everything like that. And like, it's pretty easy to know 
how fast someone is going, uh, knowing a single uh, still image and how fast they travel through the image. So you can pretty easily figure out how fast that guy is going through that school zone. So now we're giving him a ticket because uh, there wasn't a computer that reported it, or it wasn't a person that reported it, it was a computer that reported it. Is there still a problem with that? Because this is this kind of goes back to the the speeding cameras that we had in um, in Arizona for a while, right? Like it was it was ruled unconstitutional, and so we took them out. But like at the end of the day, they were traffic enforcement zones because it was are you speeding on this road? And if you weren't breaking the law, you wouldn't get caught. If you were speeding, you'd get caught. There were some studies, though, before I moved out here, which I found interesting, though, that showed that people were just avoiding, knew where the, the cameras were, or speeding up to the point of the camera, then slowing down and causing accidents. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and like, the way that they were implemented here was there were strips in the road, and you have to roll, you'd have to row it right over the strips in order to trigger them, right? So the implementation of it was the fault, the, the fault there because of how people could you could predict where you were you could predict okay i know i can speed up until this point and then i can then i have to break go over it and then as soon as i'm over it then i can speed up again right but if you have cameras that are recording you the entire time then there's not a zone of slow downness right you're always being recorded so so does that break it as well does that because now you're you're taking the the fact of uh, humans reported you out of the equation now. Right. So now you're saying it's a system that a traffic camera sees a person every sees a person speed 50 times. And then that traffic system automatically connects to a database that turns off your license. Yeah. Why not? See, that's even worse because now you truly don't even have anything that you can do, especially if you're saying that it's a, if you're saying the AI is truly a closed system, then like, and humans can't touch it. So we're, we're saying humans are completely out of the equation. Now we're just, yeah, let's take them all out. But yeah. So now, now we're just completely, we're giving up our Liberty to a machine and saying that, the machine gets to tell us what is the nature of right versus wrong, because if it's AI learning, then what if, what if over time, Oh, this, this stretch of road, the area changes, right? So if the area changes and maybe the school closes now, what should the speed limit be there? Does the AI get to choose? Well, no, the, the laws are, you're, you're, I'm not saying the AI is choosing the law. We already have the law. We already know that oh. a school zone is a 15 mile an hour zone. So it's based and off we of know a law that was passed right. by people. Yes. So we're not taking people out of the equation. We're taking people out of the equation of reporting it. Either way, you're, we have, there is a law in place, right? We know that the law is you, you have to drive. 15 miles an hour through a school zone. This guy's going 50. So he's breaking the law. Yeah. Like you're, you still think that that's bad. Yeah. My underlying, my underlying thing is as long as people are involved in the process, people are inherently scumbags and therefore the entire process should give the most amount of due process and ability for 
me to litigate and do uh, and argue for my innocence because a system a system that's made by people is fundamentally flawed. Well, yes and no. You uh, like uh, a system made by people is only fundamentally flawed when you're talking about the entirety of the system. When we're talking about a law that is passed, like the the justice system is the system that's made by people. Laws are not a system. Laws are things that are driven by the community, right? So the community says, comes together and says, if you're going through a school zone, then you need to slow the fuck down. And if you're not slowing, and then everybody agrees to this, basically, or majority agrees to this, right? We, there isn't really a due process here, like, because the, the due process that we have is your innocence until proven guilty, right? That is our due process system in America. And in this instance, you're proven guilty already. There, there isn't a you're presumed innocence because the, like the presumed innocence goes away as soon as we have the evidence of the video camera recording you doing the thing. So there is no more innocence before proven guilty. You've been proven guilty. Humans, if they're still in the picture, make stupid laws. And I'll give you an example. If you get an all-powerful AI that is machine learning, then right now... In the state of Michigan, you could go to jail for having anal sex. It's roughly a law that people ignore. It still exists. It's still in the books. So as long as people can make stupid-ass laws, like there's this game called Resonance of Fate where this same thing happens where an all-powerful AI takes over the, the planning and everything of everyone's lives. And it's a really good game. You should probably play it. But... It malfunctions, fucks up, and then people start dying left and right because it also controlled when they lived and died because it was attached to their heart. They had a chip attached to their heart, and it would say, oh, your time's up, dead. And it started to fuck up. Like, I could never personally ever do that. You basically made a god. This is how I think about well, it. Well, that, that's like the extreme of now the AI controls when you live and die right that's well that's not far off if you if you're making a if you're making a supreme justice you're one step away from a god i mean i don't i don't necessarily think i'm making the extreme justice supreme justice at this point i'm saying that well for what the whole thing is i don't think like tim does i think in, in a little bit more like in a fantasy and i think the way you were describing it was ai judge dread i'm serious <laughs> I mean, okay it does sound I, like I, it. and you know what i i agree it, it is kind of getting to that point like as it evolves right like it where does that stop i don't think there's ever here's the thing right and this actually goes back to what you said tim uh at the end of the day whatever whatever system is made is is a system developed by humans and so <laughs> so it's inherently flawed yeah uh Right, so whatever justice system is, like that gets thrown out in a hundred years from now because we need to police fifty billion people or two trillion baby, I don't know, whatever an amount of people. Oh man, basically, it's going to be flawed. Taking a trillion into space, right? So now we have to now we have to police people in space and on Mars and on the planet Earth. Yeah, well, just just think about it this way. So you take the camera the traffic camera example, right? And this mm -hmm. is not very far off because this totally happens. What if the traffic camera malfunctions and there was high load on the servers that it was freaking attached to, or they, they slipped on their time 
the the time, you know, whatever technical reason why. And all of a sudden, everyone between the hours of 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. gets a traffic ticket. And that and one of those people that got it was someone on his 49th infraction. Now, he didn't do anything wrong and he got his license taken away. Well, now you're now you're assuming that because that the because the camera messed up for an a block of five hours or two hours, then every single person that went through that traffic camera got flagged right. as speeding. That's my example. That there wouldn't that there wouldn't be some kind of redundancy system in there that said okay this is a little weird considering that our average amount of speeders that we get through this camera is five percent and over the past two hours we've had 100 percent. so there's a redundancy system explain to me how this redundancy system works i'm not developing this entire system i'm just saying that like we're we're talking about fantasy land right like i'm i'm saying that when you're when you're going through and you're making a, a thing it makes sense that on average over the past five years that this system has been active on average, you have a 5% uh, rate of cars. Yeah. So for every 100 cars that pass through, five of them are speeding. Yeah. Okay. And that has been that has been true every hour of the day, 365 days a year for the past five years. And all of a sudden, for this two-hour gap, 100 out of 100 cars uh, every hour is, is speeding. Like, I, I think that the application slash machine learning AI would be able to know, yeah, something messed up here. All these are invalid. Oh. So the person that got the, the person that had that 40, that was on their 49th strike didn't get their uh, license removed because they never got the 50th strike. At the same time, you're still arguing for a person to not be charged when they're breaking the law. They weren't breaking the law. They broke the law 49 times. They did, but our threshold was 50 times. I, I think what we're lacking here between the two is that I think what Tim's saying is that if in your system, it's lacking in appeals. Yeah. And then Tim's, Tim's arguing the appeal is your peers, which well, is. Well, I'm saying law. like, you know, if there's a, if there's a problem, like this is literally how it works in like our current system. If there's a traffic cam that malfunctions and it gives you a ticket, you can go to court and say, I was not speeding. That's this ticket's bogus. And then they'll review the evidence and you'll get your get. You'll have, you'll have a, you can even have a trial if you want, but then you, you get some kind of judgment. It's not automatic. You get due process. I think that that's very important when we have a system that is going to be inherently inherently flawed. We need to be on the side of the person on, we need to be uh, prejudiced to the person who is being accused. The person who's being accused should be presumed innocent. I mean, I, I, it's not to say that. Okay, so here's my my only problem is one. Yes, you could. I mean, I don't see why there couldn't be an appeal person that you could go through and like, yeah, your license got your license got suspended. So you could go through an appeal and be like, I wasn't speeding that 50th time. But at the same time, you still sped the other 49 out of 50 times. Like if you weren't a garbage person doing 50 in a school zone, you wouldn't even be in this situation. Now this is the court of Mitch. The court of Mitch says 49 times. Fuck you. I don't care about your 50th time. Right. 
No, I just no. I said if you got suspended, so you had fifty, and I said in your scenario they sped forty nine times, and on the fiftieth time the camera malfunctioned. Yeah, right. That was your scenario, and yeah. and assuming that we're ignoring my scenario where the camera automatically, because the difference between the cameras in today's world is they catch you speeding, and if it malfunctions, it still sends the ticket. In in my world, it says, "Oh, look, I had a hundred percent." I had a hundred percent of speeding rate between these two hours. I'm not going to send any tickets. So there's already a difference between today's world and, and Mitch's fantasy judge dread world. But you know who would love that world. Oh my God. Hmm. The private prison system. That is so true. That's true. They get a lot that more people. In jail. Why this slightly irritates me and I'm not really that irritated, but I've been for the last 10 years advocating that, we'd be legal so we get people out of jail for bullshit reasons and then if we expand our control over people more people will go to jail for bullshit reasons because people well i think i think that only depends on what the the punishment is right like in my scenario no one's going to jail they're just getting their license revoked no but you're only bringing up one part so like if the, the supreme ai also controls your traffic they also control other things too you know what if it's determined that Video games used more than two hours a day is considered illegal because it's actually starting to happen in parts of Korea and China. That's kind of stupid, but people make that law. So he told the AI to do it. The AI does it, and then people continue to do it because they like to do – people will always go under under the radar. They like to do things regardless if it's illegal, and especially if it's illegal, they do it more. That's true. But so for that instance, right, like I think that – I think that jail time isn't necessarily the it's it's hard right if we we're going to speculate about this because I'm, I'm not we're not going over every single law and what the punishment should be right it, in in the instance of you're using too much internet because you're only supposed to play video games two hours a day well, I brought that up because that's a real bullshit right. thing like right well like you could, oh well then you lose internet at night and that happens in go. Korea they actually have a license for it South Korea. Yeah. South Korea. I don't know. Again, I don't think there's. A, I don't think that there's any way that this is going to become a reality. In which case, it works. <laughs> I'll say that again. Uh, I'm definitely not advocating for it. Uh, I don't think it'll work. I don't think that it will. There's any way to do it, but at the same time, I think I want to write a movie now. I mean, you should like the funny thing is everything you've brought up. I've seen in science fiction somewhere before mm-hmm. or in a conspiracy theory video because I used to be a uh, disclosure audience. I used to be heavy in conspiracy theories up till 2008. Like I was bad. Like I was all in Alex Jones and all that shit. But some of the stuff is, that comes up nowadays was talked about back then on those shows like weird ass shit. And it's also showed up in science fiction, too, like a lot. Which is interesting. So you might be on some get writing. Yeah, I just got to get JJ Abrams to to direct it for me. Read my script, senpai. All right, friends, we had some good we had some good talking today. Talked about talked about China. We talked about some games. Talked about other things crazy talked about talk about the ladies 
and Jason got some got some Beat Saber. Those are all those are all related, I think. I actually played before we started this episode. Oh yeah, I'm still sweating over it. I want to get that game so bad. I need it. I need it in my life. Need it more than ever. Mm-hmm. Well, if you made it to the end, we're uh, we're doing some changes. Uh, so for you folks who listen on iTunes and other places, nothing will change. But if you listen on YouTube, we're gonna be we're gonna be doing something new. So keep an eye out and leave us a review on iTunes. And and comment if you can, unless our comments get turned off. I could see them taking them off site wide, honestly. Right. Just, uh, it's done. So make sure to get your comments in before that happens. <laughs> yeah. Or if that happens, we'll make a Twitter or something. But yeah, cool. Comment now for your chance to be the last comment that TMJ Syndrome ever receives on YouTube. It could be you.